we got a banger for you guys today. Literally a banger because we're talking about guns and ammo! Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back again to the Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast presented by yours truly, Bradley Aaron the Third. I'm really not the third, but I always like to think that I am the third. But all that said, guys, I have some great guests in the studio with me today, and I'm very, very excited about it. I'm going to talk to you guys about that in one second. As always, the Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast is brought to you by ZealCigars.com. Zeal Cigars is the number one place to find your favorite house brand cigars on the internet. We have the most unique house brands that there are on the internet. And so you got to go there, get the Brass Monkey, get the King's Comeback, get the King. I'll tell you what, we've got some incredible, incredible cigars. You got to check them out for yourself. So uh, I got some guests here today, and we're talking about guns in particular. All three of these guys are competition shooters. So we're going to be talking about competition shooting and everything else like that and seeing how all this stuff actually does play out. So I'm going to introduce my guests here in just one second, but I, I got to ask some questions. You've, you actually have um, one, one of the guys that's been on here before, okay? This is what I call fitness guy Tra- Travis. Fitness guy Travis, say hi. Hey. You remember because he has the, the radio voice. He's like, hey, everybody, how you doing? Good to see you. And he's got a savage beard. If you don't know what his picture looks like, you need to go to his website. Travis, tell me your website one more time. Oh, it's uh, MPTIArizona.com. MPTIArizona.com. You need to go there, and if you're an out-of-shape dude, you need to go there and get yourself right because he'll put you in shape because he comes in and looks at me, and he's like, Bradley, you're looking good. And I'm like, I know, right, because I listened to you. Uh, with that said, we're talking about guns, ammo, and everything uh, automatic, semi-automatic, and what you should be hiding in your closet right now. So I'm here with three competition shooters, including fitness guy Travis. And, you know, I got two other guys here that are com- competitive shooters as well. We have Jeremy to my right, and we have Taylor to my left. And so I'm going to have you guys introduce yourself. So I want you to tell me, you know, your name, how you got into competition shooting, and then I want you to tell me your favorite gun to compete with. I'm going to start with you, Jeremy, to my right. So my name's Jeremy. Uh, I like shooting multi-gun, two-gun, and pistol. My favorite gun to compete with currently is an MMP by Smith & Wesson 2.0 model. Uh, it's customized with porting and optic, trigger job. Taylor? Hey, I'm Taylor. There's Taylor. Can That's you, me. Can you see? They're I, all looking at me. Just so you know, I'm, I'm like taking pictures of everybody around the table. They're all looking at me like, I you didn't got know my bad side, though. I did get your bad side. That's I wasn't right. going to say that. but like, Do you it's have a, a good side? You know, no, I don't. But I, at least I, I he knows he got the bad <laughs> side. <laughs> Taylor, tell, tell, tell us your name, your name, and tell us how you got how you got in competition shooting, and then what's your favorite thing to shoot. So I'm Taylor. Uh, I've been in competition shooting since um, I was 15. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, uh, actually, my first match ever was out at Rio um, IDPA. Okay. Okay. Uh, International. I pretend Defensive, like I know what that means. Yeah. International Defensive Pistol Association. It, okay. w- it was the game back in the day. It's no longer. Okay. As much uh, USPSA kind of rules uh, the roost, if you will. Uh, as far as my favorite shooting, uh, favorite uh, firearm to shoot, it's kind of a toss-up between the rifle and the pistol. I've okay, got a, I've got I got Travis over here on the CZP10 uh, game. We're, we're we're locking that down strong on the CZP10C. No. I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be guys out there like me that have no idea what CZ blah 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 means, or like I know what a Glock is, I know what an AR is, and I know what a shotgun is. So the you know, CZ so. is like. CZ's the P10 is CZ's version it's the of a cool clock. Guy. It's, okay, it's, okay, it's an imitation. Okay, it's an imitation. Okay, yeah. is it like Smith and Wesson's SV90? 
which they got sued for. I mean, yes. that is, okay, there we no. go. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, it actually got, was better. The, I'll give you the pizza and was actually I'll say this, yeah. that, that Smith & Wesson got sued by Glock. I know. That design, and they were just like, okay, that's, that's fine. That's actually a video. solid, <laughs> solid pistol for That's cheap. what I have. That's what I have, dude. Yeah. That's what it's, I have. It's not bad. It's my EDC, actually. So yeah. it's really, really fun. So, EDC, so it's, EDC it's, stands for everyday carry. Everyday carry. Okay. Everyday okay. Carry. Okay. We're going to go around the table and share about our everyday carries in a second. But Travis, I want to hear how you got in a competition, and then I also want to know uh, what's your favorite thing to shoot? I got in uh, because of the dude to my left. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I just went into um, his work. Yeah, Jeremy. <laughs> I went into his I work. I had to do this for a second <laughs> and then go opposite side. Okay, him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so um, I, I bought a pistol. Was thinking about, uh, well, actually, I wasn't even thinking about competitive shooting at the time. I just wanted to do something different with uh, what I had. So I bought a trigger. I found out that where he works is right down the street, so I popped in. Um, Jeremy greeted me. Uh, and he said, uh, yeah, I can go ahead and install that for you. And I was like, thank you. Nice. <laughs> Cause I've been watching videos and I'm not sure if I know what I'm doing. Oh yeah. So, um, he did that for me. And then somehow we ended up talking about, uh, competitive shooting. I'd mentioned that I'd wanted to do it, but I didn't know how to get into it. And, uh, Jeremy invited me out to, uh, a match that was the following Thursday, uh, down at, um, oh, ben Avery. Ben Avery. Yeah. For a Thursday night cactus match. So I went out and watched um, him and his buddies compete, and uh, I went out the next Thursday, and I haven't stopped going since. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Now, so all you guys are competitive shooters. I mean, that that that's means you you do more than just you know shoot guns. How many rounds down range would you say you shoot a month? Just roughly going around the table. Start with Jeremy, Travis, and then Taylor from my right to my left. Uh, Pre-COVID, I would shoot about two to three thousand rounds a month. That's two to three thousand bullets, gentlemen. A month, just so everybody understands that. Okay, I don't smoke two to three thousand cigars in a month, you know. But I feel like I need to raise my game a little bit just from hearing that. Just so you know. Okay. Yeah, it's it. COVID changed things. Uh, prices kind of went up a bit. They're starting to come back down. Okay. So now I average probably about fifteen hundred or a thousand. Okay. Depending on what's going on that month. Okay. 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 So I went from shooting roughly three or four times a week to shooting twice a week okay 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 what about you travis uh probably somewhere in the neighborhood of a thousand to fifteen hundred just depending on how many matches i sign up for okay 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 not not yeah. as much as a man as jeremy i understand it's okay <laughs> you can overcompensate later taylor we're going to find out how much of a baller you really are let's go how many rounds you put down range month about 500 about 500 yeah i don't shoot as much as they do i okay have Wife, kids, and stuff. Your responsibilities. I have responsibilities. You're, so you're a real man. You're a real man with I'm, your responsibilities. I, I have other men's responsibilities. You have other men's responsibilities. What does that mean? That sounds like code for something. What does that mean? Is well, it, you know. Do you want to get that? You want to get that out there? I, do I don't. I don't fun? think we need to. I okay. Think, I think we we'll right. just leave it in the ether and see okay. what happens with it. <laughs> okay. We're one big echo chamber of manliness right now. So, uh, but but when when it comes to putting stuff down, I mean, what's your average distance that you guys are shooting at? So. Well, Take me from rifle to pistol to shotgun. What's the average distance? So let's go oh, around that's rifle. Good, that's a good one. So rifle, you can shoot anywhere from 50 yards to 500. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. So depends on which match you're shooting, where you're shooting at. Uh, this past weekend, there was a match at Ben Avery run, uh, under the PCSL rules, and they went out to about 100 because that's what Ben Avery will allow you to do where they do it. Okay. We used to shoot matches at Cowtown that went out to 500. Uh, Rio Salado in the East Valley will go out to four to four fifty, um, occasionally out to six. Um, for the guy, for the guys who are who are really really challenged with like math, that's five football fields. Okay, 
or half a football field. So 50 yards to 500 yards, that half football field to five football fields. So quite a distance at five football fields. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Travis has been spicy enough to shoot a match that they go out to 700. Oh, okay. All I, right. didn't, I didn't hit anything out there. Okay. okay. But, but you tried. You tried. You tried. That's important. That's important. That's important. Rounds okay. were sent. Yeah. Rounds were sent, and uh, it was a full send, and Travis came up empty-handed, Short. unfortunately. But Short, he, yeah. he, he beat most people by actually showing up. Okay. There we go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's like two other guys there, and you, you they didn't hit anything either? Is that what happened? Or the... Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're just going to say that. We're going to say that. So, so. So, so so that's it. So what's Travis? Tell me what the average distance is with pistol. Then so that's what we got with rifle. What do you say with pistol? Oh, pistol can be anywhere between, depending on the the stage, five yards, okay, to fifty, sixty yards, depending. Okay, yeah, I've, I've, we've we've done out yeah. to seventy. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So five yards to mm-hmm. seventy yards, and then I, I've heard this, and I, I'm I want to clarify this with you guys. So you guys know know about guns way more than I do. By the way, uh, I shoot. I'll say probably five or six times a year, if you would, oh, okay. on the desert with my kids. But I don't. I don't really. I'm not a competitive shooter or anything else like that. If I went out there with you, I would embarrass you in ways that you do not know yet. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we all come back. Oh. Uh, but so <clears throat> with that, with that said, so I, I've heard that the average gunfight, if there is a gunfight, I've heard in the self-defense gunfight, the average gunfight is like six to ten feet. That's uh, six to ten feet. Eight yards, Eight yards. depends Eight on y- what metric you use, who you listen to. Right, right. If you're in England or America, right? So, I mean, yeah, but one, one way or the other. You could talk to the kid at the mall and what, what, what was that, Indiana? Yeah, the 40-yard. Oh, no. It was the 40-yard shot. It was Yeah, 40 yards. Okay, okay. The, the Dickinson drill. Okay. Yeah. 10 okay. rounds, 40 yards, 15 seconds. So this is, this is, really, this is really interesting because I, there's a lot of, of quote-unquote from the media and everything like that that's proposed as gun violence, if you would. And we hear it all the time and everything. But I imagine guys who are competitive shooters, when they, when they hear stuff like that, like you immediately, I mean, we all know about that shooter, you immediately go into your head and you're like, okay, who took him out and how did they take him out? What did he do? And, and what, was the, what was the strategy behind it? So, when Taylor, when you guys are, are shooting and stuff like that, are you thinking through some of that kind of stuff? Are you thinking through, like, you know, in a defensive position and in, 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 in shooting, you know, this is, this is how I have to disarm, this is how I have to defend myself, my family. Do you ever think of that when you're shooting competitively? I, I do. I, I look at competitive shooting as a way to practice some practical skill set that could be used if necessary mm-hmm. to defend oneself. Um, it, it's great to hone your, your skill set, mm-hmm. but it's also one of those that if you were in a, in a scenario where you had to uh, protect yourself at various distances, mm-hmm. at least I have a baseline of reference of what my gun will do okay. and what I'm capable of. Okay, okay. Uh, here's, here's another question for you guys are, that are competitive shooters. Uh, I'm guessing you clean your guns continually. <laughs> no, oh, oh. <laughs> The, the look, the look I just got from Travis, yes, was one of shame, we do. shame and sorrow at the same time. I don't think I've quite ever seen a look like that, Travis. Are you okay there, buddy? Are you gonna make it, or are you known as the dirty, the dirty gun guy? Is that you? No, I'm not the only one. That, okay, but sure, there's a clan. Is there, is, there, is, there, is there a support group for you guys? There is a support yet? group. Um, there are there are both ends of the spectrum. Okay, there okay. are those who clean their gun after looking at it. Okay, and there are those who clean it. When they know it needs to be cleaned. Okay. Which okay. typically involves um, taking some sort of hazmat shower after you clean the gun. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, okay. That's it's, fair. it's a wide variety. Right. Uh, right. I have tested my EDC, my uh-huh. carry guns. I test them to see what at what point do they start experiencing problems. Okay. At what point do I should be worried about it? All right. And so I know from that experience over the years, 
hey, I can shoot it at the range a couple different times, you know, and not have a problem. Okay. I also know that if I drop a magazine in the dirt for my carry gun, that I should clean it after the fact because I know it won't work as well as it should. Well, and it's it's important to talk about too for a second the the difference between a deep clean and a I wipe something off because I smudged it. Now it looks gross, and I'm just going to wipe it off real quick. That you're that happens about, more often. You're than, talking about interior versus exterior, then. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like I I'll wipe the barrel down occasionally because it's got enough gunk on it that it's just grody looking. Okay. But I but a deep clean that's. So what we're talking about particularly is that Travis's guns have probably never been taken apart and cleaned is what we're asking right now. Are we, are we, is that what that look is for? Or is that more like, you don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, well, you're, you're fairly, these guys have been in competition for a while and they got you into it. Okay. Yeah. So yep. as the new guy, how does it feel to be in this world of competitive shooting where all of a sudden, I mean, you're being judged on your shots. You're trying to shoot more and so on and so forth. Is so it, is much it a, judgment. Is it a world? <laughs> There's a lot of judgment. <laughs> Tremendous is, amounts. Is there a world? I mean, I imagine it's, it's, it's probably a close knit, you know, group of people. Uh, but I imagine also like it's probably a good brotherhood as well. Guys with guys to shoot, love guys to shoot. You know, yeah. It's probably not probably. It is the coolest community of people I've ever hung out with. I can't really say anything negative about really anybody that I've met. Everybody's been insanely supportive, um, even when I do terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if and if I do, uh, especially in the beginning, I was terrible every time. Uh, there was always some constructive criticism, and mm-hmm. and always always some. Uh, you know, this is what you did good sort of stuff. Okay. Instead of it being, you know, oh, you suck. I've never heard that one time. Uh, sorry about that. That's okay. Um, yeah, I've never heard that one time. It's a, it's always just uh, it's a good time. Just a good group of people. We need to be louder when we say that in the future. Yeah, he, he didn't hear us apparently. <laughs> apparently he didn't hear us. <laughs> no, I didn't. I guess I didn't hear the criticism of what he was saying. So, you know, or you, put, you had your safe space shield on. I it's guess, also one of those places where there's a lot of trash talking just because oh, if, sure. you're in a, if you're in a group, yeah. you're going to get oh, the, yeah. the trash talk back and forth because oh, yeah. it's just half the fun. <clears throat> well, that bad guy killed you. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it happens Travis all the time. Travis has yeah. been killed in the streets quite a bit. <laughs> He's also killed quite a few innocents. <laughs> there we go. But so have we. <laughs> so white so, targets. I hate them. I know, yeah. It's, it's it's crazy. So that so let me ask you this. So let's go around with the EDC. EDC means everyday carry, guys. If you guys are listening for the first time, you're trying to figure out what we're talking about. It's about guns, defense, and everything else like that. And I got some more questions for these guys. All these guys are competitive shooters. I am not a competitive shooter. I'm a competitive cigar YouTuber. That's what I am. Uh, so, uh, but I do shoot guns. I do own guns. Big Second Amendment pro guy. Uh, but with your EDCs, go through your EDCs with me and tell me what your everyday carries are. You don't have to pull them out on the table and put it out there. And, you oh, know, I like, thought this like, was like, show and tell. No, we're not showing and tell. It's like radio. It's not <laughs> quite the same. <laughs> you can if you want. I'm just saying. But what are your typical, what's your typical EDC? So my current EDC is a gun that started out as a Glock 43. It is now what would be considered a Glock 43X, which okay. means it has like an, uh, more capacity. Okay. Currently using shield mags, it holds 15 rounds plus one in the chamber. It has a red dot sight on the top. It has a Parker Mountain Machine comp on the end. That way, that small gun handles very similar to my Glock 19, which was my previous everyday carry, but now it's in a smaller package. Okay. And as my midsection expands slightly because I haven't been following <laughs> Travis's program, it still conceals very well. Shame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lots of shame. <laughs> so l- let me ask you this. Um, ask somebody who's an EDC guy, have you ever had to pull before? I have not pulled my firearm with someone else actually seeing it. There was an incident actually right out in front of your shop at the light. Wow. Where someone came walking up to my car 
and he didn't stop at first, and I did have my firearm out below the door sill because I didn't know what he was going to do, mm-hmm. and then he finally realized that he needed to turn around and head back to whatever meth he was smoking and <laughs> walk away. Again, the safest place to smoke your cigars is Zeal Cigars at 15802 North Cape Creek Road, Phoenix, Arizona, 85032. Make sure you bring your EDC with you. So <laughs> that was back when I was working for the uh, Firestone company right, that you, right, where right. we met. Yeah. Um, uh, there was an incident years ago, and this was before I actually carried. I was still into guns. I was starting to shoot competitively, but I didn't actually carry a firearm at the time sure. on a regular basis where I had someone come down my driveway, and this is in a different town in a different place, and in a town up north at a previous place where I lived. And this gentleman came down my driveway to confront me about a young lady who he and I both were probably seen at the same time, and he didn't realize it. He was unhappy with the situation um, and wanted to confront me about it. He proceeded to attempt to start a fight, and my roommate at the time was a junior Olympic wrestler. Oh, yeah. And by the time that I had finished moving back from being pushed, my roommate had already had him wrapped up and on the ground in some submission hold with the, with the guy, like, crying his life out. Unbeknownst to us, his buddy was up the street, heard what happened, and came down my driveway with a gun. And I look back at that time, and not, not to bring seriousness and kill the vibe, but at the time, I'm glad I wasn't carried a gun because I probably would have drawn and fired, and I was not prepared at the time for the ramifications of that. I was much younger than I am now, mm-hmm. and because I was a competitive shooter at the time, I started shooting on a regular basis my natural inclination would have been just to draw and fire and not think about all the other things. Fortunately, the situation got diffused. Mm -hmm. We let his buddy up. They walked up the road. We called the cops, you know, so on and so forth. Okay. So that's as close as I've really come to having to draw my firearm, thankfully. Okay. What about you, Travis? You ever have to draw draw your firearm? No, just at my own reflection. That's right. When it hasn't been a good day in the gym, you draw on like, come on, let's go. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah. okay. What about you, Taylor? No, I haven't had a draw mm-hmm. um, specifically for – I've been out in the desert carrying and mm-hmm. uh, a rifle and, and had someone shoot in our direction, and we didn't know why they were shooting at us. So there, there was, you know, get the gun up, start screaming at people, make a lot of noise. And, yeah. And uh, that was a bit scary, but mm. that was a long time ago, and I think it was just a, a matter of – it was dark. They didn't know and misinformation, that kind of stuff. So, no, I, I haven't had I've, – I've had my hand on my gun a couple of times just in case something happened, but I'm 6'4", 300 pounds. Yeah, There's dude, not a lot of people that are, that are really going to come up to me and want to do something. Right, right, right. You uh, can definitely handle yourself. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. more for when I'm out with my family. If something right. happened to the wife and kids, I'm the kid, I can I can take care of something. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I've had a draw twice. Wow. Yeah, twice. Um, one time the police were chasing, I, I used to live over at 28th street in Union Hills. Oh, back hey. around, uh, 20, back, back around nine, 20, um, <coughs> excuse me, 2006, they were chasing a suspect, uh, through our neighborhood and he was jumping walls, oh. if you would. So he had jumped my wall and hid in my backyard and I saw the, uh, I saw the chopper over thing. We call I, that a ghetto bird. Yeah, ghetto bird. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. <laughs> uh, I went outside. I, I mean, I, I looked outside and I saw somebody running, you know, down through my backyard. So I let my dog out. I have a, a Glock 22. 
and uh, brought it out, <clears throat> sighted it up. Had my I have a tack light on it too. Put my tack light on, and followed him. And I wasn't going to shoot, obviously, because I mean, police were yelling and screaming, and uh, it just followed me. Just jumped my wall and went went running. And he was apprehended at the end of our street. Um, and so that was a uh, that was one time. The other time is I don't know if you guys remember this. Um, do you remember the uh, remember the sniper we had around here and around the early two thousands? He was going around Phoenix just shooting people yeah, randomly. Yeah, I remember, yeah, that. I remember they that. do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it came out one night. I used to play poker with a bunch of buddies in my backyard, and uh, it was on a Wednesday night. And I had just I had just gotten into shooting. I think this is probably my second Glock I bought. I got I have a, quite a few, but I remember it was the second Glock Glock I purchased, and um, I had it on my hip. What ended up happening was. Uh, all the guys were done. We were all done with the night, and a couple guys were out front, you know, getting their trucks and just kind of hanging out for a second. And my wife had heard something. She'd, she had seen that the sniper vehicle could be identified as a late model Honda Accord, you know. And I was like, that's like every vehicle you see in Phoenix. One of the most popular. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but I kept that in my head. And uh, my wife had heard it's like two o'clock in the morning. We played poker pretty late. And my buddies were out front. And uh, I had. Um, uh, my wife woke me up and she goes, I think somebody's out front. And I heard it too. And I thought they were already gone. So I went out front. It was just my buddies. And so I went out front and I'm like, guys, what are you doing, man? I had my, my, my sidearm on and I uh, was on my hip. And I said, what are you guys doing? And just, I live probably four houses from the corner. And, and just right then at two, two o'clock in the morning, late model Honda Accord pulls around, comes by us, starts slowing down. All windows go down. Oh, and no. immediately I draw and he speeds up like crazy and goes around and then whips it around the other side and comes back towards us. And I bear down on him and it's my neighbor across the street. Oh, wow. No kidding. And, and he's like, he's like, dude, what's going on? I'm like, what are you doing looking all suspect, idiot? You know, and he's like, he's like, oh, I just I saw you guys were hanging out. I was like, what's up, dude? And I'm like, no, that's not how you don't roll by. Do you know they said the sniper was in this kind of thing? You know, so I think. I think that was one of the crazy. And he comes over and he's like, "Can I see your gun?" I'm like, "No, you can't see my gun. Get out of here!" You know. Um, he later on went to jail. Uh, so, but <laughs> that's a whole other story. But it, it's it's really interesting because uh, I think in those moments when you're like face to face with that moment, you're right. I, I don't have I don't have a whole lot of training. I have a little bit. You know, I took a couple courses back in Ohio. I took the Scottsdale um, the same the same course that they put the seals through and so on and so forth at Scottsdale gun club, mm-hmm. the, the downstairs shoot house and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did some stuff with a guy there and that was yeah. kind of fun and interesting. But, um, my, I didn't have any training, but I knew enough that I was like, Oh my gosh, dude, that's, that's really, really crazy. So my question then would be to you guys, you're so skilled obviously with shooting firearms at this point. Um, if it came down to it, I mean, it's it's interesting that you had this you had this thought now. I mean, you're you're older. You're, I'm 48. How old are you, Jeremy? I'm right behind you. 47. I'll be 48 in three months. You'll be 48 in three months. Travis, how old are you? 49. 49. 36. 36. So young, oh, bu- young yeah, buck. Young buck. I am, I am the so, young young one. That's okay. So we got Taylor. Taylor's 36. Travis 49, and Jeremy is 47. So here's the here's the crazy thing. Now at this age, you know, after I took the CCW class back in Ohio and it applies to here and everything like that. And in Arizona, you don't have to have a concealed carry or anything else like that to conceal. The training that we did there, even though it was minimal, the very first, the very first three hours of our training was a lawyer who talked to us about when you pull the trigger, what, what all laws that we broke, every law that we broke. And it was an absolute litany of things. Now, 
when I was younger, and that was when I was quite younger. I mean, that the incident I'm talking about was probably about 10, 15 years ago, if you would. So nowadays, it's interesting being, being where we are now. Are you more apt to assess or react to active shooter incidents? Are you more apt to assess being the age that you are now? Because quite frankly, back then I probably was more apt to, apt to react and just jump in and be like, all right, let's go be American hero versus like assess what's going on, who is the shooter, who's running and who's doing things like that if you were in an active shooter situation. So I'll start with, let's start with Taylor and then go around this way. We start with you last time. Go ahead, Taylor. So when you're carrying a firearm yes. for self-defense, it's it's more of a scenario we need to assess. And, right. and thankfully I've got enough maturity, I feel, to, mm-hmm. to sit back and look at the scenario before I'm going to pull a gun. The laws in Arizona have changed uh, significantly in favor of concealed carry holders right, right. Um, to where I don't have to pull a gun. And if I did pull a gun, I'm not necessarily going to go to jail. But I, I got my concealed weapons license at 21. Mm-hmm. I was actually 20 when I went through the class. By the time I got my license, I turned 21. So it was it was enough time uh, had passed to, to get it. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 an assessed scenario because once you pull that gun, things change. Okay, and, and it's very serious. It's it's a really serious scenario mm-hmm. that you put yourself into, and you're taking a lot of uh, risk for not only yourself but your family, if it's just an oopsie, right? If you will, so right, right. So it's one of those scenarios that yeah, you really do have to sit back and assess. Um, if you're concealed carrying, you're not out there, Mister American Hero. You're for your protection, right? If right. you can lend a hand to someone to help them physically, that's different. But, to to but, your point, to your point, I had a boss that was in Scottsdale, and he had a very similar situation to, me, to mine, if you would. Uh, a guy was in the backyard mm-hmm. trying to break in. He went outside and discharged his firearm in his back in his backyard into the ground. He was arrested and thrown in jail. Yeah, yeah, for for discharging in city limits. Yeah, you know. So I mean, that was really really interesting, and that was quite some time ago. But still, I remember him saying that and being like, "Oh my gosh, that's crazy, dude!" Just to kind of scare a guy off or something like that. He goes, "Yeah." You're not allowed to fire. You're not allowed to fire. You know, unless in self-defense. Well, it used to be know. that you weren't even allowed to brandish. If you were, if oh, you wow. if you pulled a gun and showed it to someone, you could be arrested for brandishing a firearm. They've changed that law now, yeah, so that yeah. if you brandish a firearm, I, I I believe I'd have to go back and double check. But if you uh, brandish a firearm, and it's prevent something from happening, you're not breaking a law anymore. Uh, and 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 that's. I don't know. I think that's kind of a good thing. Oh, absolutely. But if I don't have to fire at someone that, right, you know, right. just by showing them, hey, I got a gun, back off, they back off. Right. Everybody right. goes home happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about you, Travis? I mean, and what's, your, what's your thoughts on this? Well, just going to uh, what Taylor was saying about CCW, I took the, the class, I think, two and a half years ago uh, here. Mm-hmm. And I believe you're right. You can brandish. Uh, but I believe what uh, our instructor said is you can show it without pulling it out. Mm-hmm. Just to show, um, you know, your threat that you have one, and I think if you do unholster it, I think it becomes a, a different scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might um, be. But yeah, you can't show it as mm-hmm. long as you don't pull it out. Right, right. I understand. Right. Okay. Uh, but I think uh, Taylor said it very well. Uh, assess first. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to. You right. can't just pull it out and just go guns a blazing. It's right. and it's the last line of defense is really ultimately what it's for. It's for those moments where you you're left with no other choice. Right. Right. And, yeah, so I think uh, what Taylor said pretty much covers. So, Jeremy, let me ask you a different question um, because I, I, have, I have several several friends that are police officers, you know, in, in the city limits here now. And uh, if you don't know, uh, Phoenix police are just hurting like crazy right now for numbers. Yes. Uh, I, I think there might be a 1,000 
for the 1.4 million people we have inside the uh, city limits is kind of crazy. Crime is spiking. You know, we have we have things happening. You know, with the cartel. Uh, Phoenix is number one. Oh yes, you know, yeah, I believe we were defunding the police last year. That, that's right. That's right. right. That was we that didn't was need them. They that were genius, mean and evil people. That's right. And, that genius thing that came out from some idiot's lips. Um, so <laughs> here here's the here's the crazy thing. So with that said, you know. Um, do you think more and more people should be educated in firearms, should purchase a firearm, be educated in how to use it, and be ready to defend themselves by nature of the average, you know, police call go 15, 16 minutes before they get there. And in 15, 16 minutes, we, we all know that a lot can happen. No one is coming to save you. You are your own first responder. Yep. We, we, we have covered, you know, did we, have we pulled our firearm? Have we had to use it? My thought is that you should be trained in medical before anything else. Yeah. I yeah. I carry a small little boo-boo kit in one pocket, a tourniquet mm -hmm. in the same pocket. Mm -hmm. In my backpack that goes everywhere I go, I have a full trauma kit in it. Mm. Um, I've taken a first aid trauma. Actually, first aid, I've taken first aid several different times for work. Mm -hmm. I've actually taken a IFAC, which is individual first aid kit class, several times now with mm -hmm. independence training. They're local. Um you are more likely to use medical mm -hmm. than your firearm. And that rolls into if you do use your firearm, if you have to use your firearm, if you're in a situation where a firearm is necessary, chances are there are people who are going to need medical attention. You, as a responsible citizen, if you feel that it is your responsibility to carry a firearm because you are your own first responder, you should Correct. also be able to, if you can put holes in things, you should plug, be able to plug holes in things. Absolutely. You should be able to Absolutely. fix that problem, at least to the point where they can survive long enough for EMS to arrive to take them to a more advanced level of care. Um, without a doubt, um, when I first started shooting competitions, I had my gun, I had my magazines, I had my ammo, and that's all I cared about. Now, whenever I go shooting, I carry a trauma kit on my person. I carry a tourniquet with me. I highly encourage everyone to take a stop the bleed class they are free mm -hmm. throughout the valley yeah i we spoke earlier i haven't actually had to pull my firearm mm -hmm. in a situation i've had to render medical aid probably three to four times now in the last six years okay okay so you know whether it was a car accident or an, an accident at work or something you know that that is important um and I speak to that because we were talking about guns and all that cool stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, we need to talk about medical. We need to talk about that aspect of it because, like you said, 15 minutes, you can bleed out in 15 minutes. You can bleed out in five minutes. Yeah. And so that is important. That's um, where a majority of, of deaths in active shooter things happen is people bleed out. And so knowing tourniquet pressures, knowing understanding where major arteries are mm -hmm. and just having a, a simple class in that. And I, and I've, I've, I'm not taking that class, but I have a buddy who's a nurse that told me here's, here's the main things. And this is actually right after Vegas happened the Vegas shooter mm -hmm. during the Vegas shooter. So several people bled out Yes, and he was telling yeah. me how important what you're saying is. And he said, just so you know, understanding tourniquet pressures and understanding how to put something in and, and closing off a main artery that saves more lives than you could ever imagine because exactly. the majority of people actually bleed out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, and that's, I love guns. I love shooting and I love sure. community, but my thought process has changed mm -hmm. because of the reality that, like you said, mm -hmm. I could, you could save more lives just plugging holes and stopping. bleeding. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
you know, everyone wants to be the hero. Everyone wants to have that John Wayne fantasy role, like, I'm going to save the day. Right. You know, God bless the guy in Indiana who stopped the mall shooter. Right, right. But, you know, how many more people would have survived at other events mm-hmm. if they had some basic level trauma yeah. care? And it's not hard. Does it, it does, it's, it's not, and it doesn't take a lot of real effort, I right. should say. Right, right, It just takes, it takes a Saturday. Right, exactly. That can save lives in particular. Exactly. In particular. Uh, it's, you know what, I, I know that we have a lot of uh, listeners over in the UK. You know, we have a lot of guys that listen to the podcast around the world as well. And um, it's funny, I've done some, I've done some interviews with people who have uh, cigar channels there where they've interviewed me and stuff like that. One of the misnomers about Americans in particular is that we're just super gun happy and we're just ready to pop off at any moment and shoot somebody and do something like, cause just because of the, the media and the propaganda exactly. and stuff like that you're hearing all the time. The media. <laughs> um, well, I, 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 I'm, I hope you guys out in the UK and other places are listening. A responsible gun owner is probably one of the most peaceful people there is. And one of the last guys to, to be wanting to pull his firearm and actually discharge, you know, his firearm. We, we want to discharge downrange against targets you know, because it's kind of fun and you're, you're, you're competing that way. You're not yep. shooting live humans and it's fun to knock over cans and targets and things like that. Uh, I, you know, my, my dad was in the Vietnam war and, uh, and he was, he was, a, he was a Marine fleet, fleet Marine force medic. Oh, you wow. know, yeah, yeah. Corman, Navy Corman and, uh, attached the first, first uh, Marines at the beaches of Vietnam. So asking him about the things that he saw and things that he did, um, it was probably instilled in me when I was very, very young. I didn't know my my, my own firearm. My, my, I didn't know my own first firearm until I moved to Phoenix in 2005. So that's the first time I owned my own my own firearm. I had a BB gun or like a 22 or something right. like that, you know, for shooting down pigeons and squirrels, you know, back in Ohio. Um, so it was instilled in me, like you know, make sure you're taking care of people ahead of time. And he and he, and he did save many lives in Vietnam. Um, but I think it's one of the things I wanted wanted people to hear from you guys who are accomplished, you know competitive shooters that you're also, you know, passive until you have, until you can't be, I think that's, that's a, that's a good thing to, to be passive. until you can't be, and to be a, a, a peacemaker and a calm guy until you, you can't be anymore, you know? And then when it's, a, when it, when it's time to unleash the beast, then you're even regretful that you had to, you know, and those kind of things. So that's one of the things I'm, I'm glad that those, those guys can hear a little bit from you on and it maybe paints a different picture for them that we're not just gun toting cowboys that just shoot anything that moves. Right. You know, right. That, it, it, you know, that type it, thing. It, it definitely, it definitely changes when you start realizing what a responsibility it is. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I have never been one to seek out a fight. I've never been one to try mm-hmm. and, you know, Hey, I'm Billy badass, whatever. Right. Right. Especially now that I carry a firearm mm-hmm. on a regular basis, mm-hmm. I'm looking for ways to avoid the situation, to avoid a fight you know, if I can walk into a room and read the situation, I'm just going to, hey, this isn't really good. I don't get a bad vibe. I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not risk myself, my family, kids, any of that stuff. I don't I don't need to be a hero. Find right. ways to de-escalate the situation oh, rather yeah. than oh, yeah. escalate it. That's right. that's oh, one yeah. of the one of the first things you learn is right, if right. you're going to if you're going to conceal carry, you have to use your voice, you have to use your words, mm-hmm. you have to try and back out of the scenario because sure. Again, if you do have to deploy your weapon in self-defense, there's going to be a litany of questions of, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And you explore every other option before you go, okay, i got to pull a gun and, and, yeah, and handle, and chance, handle business. Chances are if you do deploy your firearm in self-defense, it's just the beginning of your problems and yep. not, not the end. 
Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let, let me ask this, and this, this will be kind of the final words as, as we wrap up. So if somebody wants to get into competition shooting, okay, somebody's thinking about getting in competition shooting, what's two or three things that you would say for them to do before they get into competition shooting? We'll start over here. We'll start with Travis first. We'll go to Taylor, and then we'll go to Jeremy last. So, Travis, you get the, uh, you get the first word. Go ahead. Um, contact Jeremy on his uh, Instagram at... Never mind. Just kidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I could say it. You um, can. It's fine. Huh? It's uh, a public page. Some dude who shoots underscores in between the, uh, the words. Uh, he's the one that got me set up, and he's probably better to speak at how to get started than I am. I know what my, my journey's been, but I know Jeremy's been a mentor towards many and helped them uh, succeed in uh, the shooting competition sports as well as Taylor. Um, so I'm going to pass it to one of you two believe it's taylor because yeah i'll take it so uh, my wife's actually going to go shooting with us for the first time her first competition on thursday oh wow. she's never competed before we've we've shot together we've gone out in desert done the desert shooting thing and and really it, it boils down to just go do it don't don't there's not something you have to go do if you're apprehensive about going out and competing just mm-hmm. go watch a match find something that's practicescore.com mm-hmm. has tons of matches in your area it has a little map tells you where they're at just go to a range and, and go to a competition when it starts and walk up to someone who's running the match. Say, hey, I'm new. I've never shot a competition. I don't want to shoot tonight. I just want to watch kind of what Travis did the first time and just kind of get your bearings. And you will find someone who will, a Jeremy, if you will, to come over and talk to you about, well, this is what you might want to have, a holster, magazines, magazine holder, mm-hmm. ammunition, the, the basics just to come. And then say, come out next week. Come shoot with me. Um, that's that's really the, the, shoot, the, the competition shooting uh, crowd is very very friendly. We're, yes. we're not scary. We're not mm-hmm. weird. We we just like a hobby that's a lot of fun to go mm-hmm. compete, and we all compete at different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just go do it. Don't. There's nothing special that you have to go do first. Maybe a basic firearm safety class if you've never taken one. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a good place to start. But I, I would encourage anybody on your journey of firearms, go out and start talking to people about competitive shooting because it does hone that skill. And makes you even more comfortable. So, Jeremy, what would what would you say would be a good starting place? So, like you said, be comfortable with your firearm in the sense that you know how it operates and you know how it functions and you're familiar with the operations. Um, that's that's the basics. And then it's just a willingness to understand that the first time that you go out, you are not going to win, and no one's going to care. No one cares how you do. They're just excited that you're there. Oh, that's cool. I. And I missed this question earlier, and I apologize, but mm-hmm. I got into competition shooting because my local gun store owner at the time was like, hey, you like shooting a lot, don't you? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, you should try doing this. And so this was back in the early 90s in Prescott. I went up there, and I found a group of guys that were shooting USPSA, and I showed up my first day. And I'm this young punk kid, and these guys are all my age now. They're in their 40s and 50s and 60s. And I showed up, and they just took me in and said, "That's we're gonna, cool. We're going to show you how to yeah. do it." And I took that, and I did shooting for a while then, and then I kind of stepped away from the shooting sports and got into cars because you know cars and guns go almost hand in hand. <laughs> and cigars. And, <laughs> and cigars. Yes, yeah. you'd, be, you'd be amazed. It's a trifecta. Yeah, there we go. And, and bourbon. Uh, and bourbon. Sorry. When I got back into shooting again, in the about uh, ten years ago, uh, once again it was someone saying, "Hey, we're going to do this the thing. You want to come out and check it out?" And I was like. 
I did that years ago. That sounds like fun. Let me come out and do it again. And once again, the community was very opening, very welcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, as it's as a matter of fact, I got encouraging <clears throat> words from the current local USPSA director. He was he's a regular at the local club. He's very involved. Everyone I shot with was very involved. And as long as I understood that, and this I, Travis was great at this because he he like you said he came into my work one day and wanted to shoot, and he came out and watched the first time, and then he just did it. He didn't worry about where he was going to finish, how he was going to finish. He just did it, and he used that. And he found out that this group of people are going to stand there and support him. We've had several new people join our little group, and they come and go as they, they go through their own path in life. But but Travis got to see not only his journey, but to see someone else's journey and someone else's journey. And it's the same thing every time. You show up, we're going to help you no matter what. Yeah. If you don't have a holster, we're going to help find you one. If you don't have a magazine carrier, we're going to be fine. You don't have a gun, hey, borrow mine. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, the community is there for everyone. All you have to do is show up. That's pretty amazing, dude. You know, be safe. We just want you to be safe because it's yeah. a dangerous sport, let's it be is. honest. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you're safe and you understand how your firearm functions, mm-hmm. they're going to help you find the rest of the way. I went from shooting a weekly pistol match now to where I travel across the country yeah. and I shoot matches and – it's a lot of fun. And, and everywhere you go, you meet more people like you who now I want to go to a match in North Carolina because my friend went and shot it and it was just sounded so much fun. And Travis is going to go and we're probably going to try and drag Taylor along. You know, oh, yeah. my my core group of people that I shoot with is anywhere from five or six regulars every week yeah. to as many as 20 people that I can go. I can go shoot with him whenever I want because I know they're going to help me. That's amazing, dude. That's it. Well, uh, I have one final question for you guys. It has to be a 30 second, 30 second answer. Okay. What is your dream gun? I know what mine is. What's your dream gun? And so we'll start with Taylor. Oh, dream gun. Got to hurry. You got 30 seconds. seconds. I don't know. Something full auto. doesn't matter what. Full auto. Okay. Full auto. Travis. Oh gosh. Um, How about M60? M60? Full auto. Yeah. The pig. Okay. Okay. Um, I've been fortunate. You own one? My first, my first gun ended up being my dream, dream gun now. Um, uh, I'm waiting to get a Staccato XC. It's a compensated 2011 style pistol. Yeah. Uh, it's a great gun. Uh, I got to shoot my last match full auto. I've shot an M60. I've shot a Barrett. I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've been fortunate to do all these things because I've met people in the community. Yeah. So honestly, you know, I think I'm good. I, I really am. My dream gun is a Chris Vector full okay. auto. Okay. Chris Vector is my full nice little carbine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I really That's want a, those I are dig the, that. I will I will I will love to make a video for any sponsor who wants to contact me through the Gmail account and I will make a video about it shooting a cap off a cigar. Just send me a Chris Vector and we'll make that video happen for you. I promise you. <laughs> I promise you. Well, guys, thank you guys so much. Again, uh, do me a favor. Uh, if you guys don't know much about this, make sure you guys go ahead and shout out each of your Instagrams or how they can contact you if you guys want to, if you don't have to. So uh, first on, Jeremy, tell me how they can contact you, your Instagram. My Instagram is some dude who shoots with underscores in between each one. It's an open page. It's not private. You, okay. can, you can follow me. You can send me a message. That's actually how Taylor and I, we, we knew each other from the community. Because of his Instagram page and my Instagram page, we had some mutual friends, and we just started messaging back and forth, and we finally met at a match, and that was, what, a year ago? Yeah, actually coming up this yeah. month. And now I count you among my friends as far as, you know, my go-to people. Well, likewise. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Travis, how can they – what's your what's your Instagram they can get, get you to? Uh, I just started a new one. Uh, it's 
Tactical underscore fitness underscore AZ. Tactical fitness AZ underscore in between the words. You got it. Lots of underscores. Okay, Taylor, what about you? Mine's my business page. It's shooterselement.com. Or Shooter's Element, uh, okay. at, at Shooter's Element on Instagram. Shooter's, shooter, shooter, at Shooter's Element. At Shooter's Element. Okay, at Shooter's Element. Again, guys, you can always contact me at CrookedBeardAZ on Instagram. And uh, I shoot once in a while. I smoke a lot of cigars and make funny videos with uh, those people I work with here at Zeal Cigars. Again, Collide Smoke Podcast is brought to you by ZealCigars.com. And uh, if you guys have any interest in anything we've talked about on the podcast, make sure that you drop us an email at cut light smoke podcast, all one word, cut light smoke podcast at gmail.com. That's cut light smoke podcast, all one word at cut light smoke podcast at gmail.com. And with that said, guys, we're going to end up walking out of here and getting things uh, going for uh, the rest of the night. We hope you guys enjoyed it. I want a big, big thank you to all my guests that were here today. Thank you guys so very much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah my pleasure. My, my absolute pleasure. And we had a great time. So now it's time for uh, the true ATF show, the alcohol, tobacco, and uh, we'll just take keep with alcohol, tobacco. You know, we're, in, we're inside the shop. So yeah. that's it, guys. We'll catch you later. Peace. <laughs>